0: In so many ways, this Shabbos is a Shabbos of beginnings, of new things. In so many ways, this Shabbat is special. Tomorrow morning, we will be celebrating a particular special Shabbat called Shabbat HaChodesh, which means that we'll be reading a special portion of the Torah, a second Sefer Torah, rolled to chapter 12 of the book of Exodus, where the Jewish people in the land of Egypt are given the commandment to renew the moon. <laughs> it's also Rosh Chodesh tonight and tomorrow morning. Not only do we read about the new month, but it is the new month. And of course, tomorrow is, as you can clearly tell from outside, <laughs> the first day of spring. I'm dreaming of a white Pesach. That's, <laughs> I that in my head on the way up here. <laughs> Just like the ones I used to. <laughs> Something else is happening tomorrow morning that's also a beginning. Tomorrow morning we'll be beginning to read the Torah. Tomorrow morning is the beginning of the Torah. So I see furrow brows. What, pray tell, could you mean, Rabbi, by tomorrow morning is the beginning of the Torah? We know that Simcha Torah, the rejoicing with the Torah, which celebrates the end of the Torah, happens in the fall. And then we begin from the beginning with the B of beginning, with the Bet of Breshit, in the beginning. What could it mean that tomorrow morning we start the Torah? Tomorrow morning we start the Torah means that there was a custom in traditional Jewish circles until this day that when children began to learn Torah when they began to learn from our sacred wisdom they didn't begin with the narratives of Genesis they didn't begin with the narratives of Exodus but they began with Leviticus adults are thinking is that a smart pedagogical move What educational sense could there be in teaching children about kurbanot, about sacrifices, about bringing bulls and pigeons? <laughs> Not many of us moderns or postmoderns imagine a yearning for that kind of sacrificial cult. So I want to teach you tonight what a child would learn from the first word, the first word of the third book of the five books of our teacher, Moses. Because just as we weigh each and every word in the book of Genesis, and certainly many of you know that the first word of the Torah, Breshit, which begins with the B, there's a book called the Tikkunizor that has 70 interpretations for that one word alone. So here we have one word that begins the book of what is erroneously called Leviticus. Leviticus matters dealing with the Levites or the temple. But in Hebrew, the word is Vayikra. Can everybody say that together with me? Vayikra. Vayikra means, and he called. Vayikra. And so if we look at that one word in the Torah, we notice one thing and then another. We'll take those two things, and then we'll see what children would learn in cheder, in school. The first question they would learn about that word because every midrash begins, as my friend Zohar uh, says, with a problem. What's the problem with the word vaikra? The first problem with the word and he called is in the Torah. God doesn't call out necessarily to Moses before giving him instructions. Vaikra elav, and God called out to Moses, and then va'yidaber elav, and then God spoke to him. Usually, when God wants to tell Moses what to do, He just begins speaking. Clearly, there's something different between the call and the speaking. Why, the Midrash asks, and the children would learn to ask, would God call to Moses first before speaking to him? Manishtana, what makes this moment different from other moments in the relationship between Moses and God? The second question would be regarding a very strange font problem in the Torah. You see the word Vayikra, which means any called, is written with the Vav in a normal font size, and the Yud in a normal font size, and the Kuf and the Resh. All four letters of the first word of this book are written in 24 font. And then the last letter, the Aleph, the first letter of the alphabet, the Aleph, is written in 12, and is known in our tradition as Aleph Ze'era, the small Aleph. And those of you who have been to Rome will know that I've spoken year in and year out about this phenomenal little Aleph. <laughs> so the second question that these little children would learn is, know what's with the little Aleph and what does it teach me? What's with the Aleph that begins the book of Leviticus, the first book a child learns, and how is it different than the Bet that begins the entire Torah? The entire Torah does not begin with an Aleph, which is, of course, much of the Midrash also spills ink on why wouldn't the first letter of the first moment of the first book be an Aleph? It begins with a Bet, a second letter. But here, when children are being taught, they're being taught vaikra. So we're going to take two lessons, the children, and then I'll offer a third one of my own. The reason why God calls out to Moses, says the Midrash, and Rashi right here brings it, is at the end of last week's reading, Moses had completed the entire mishkan, the entire tabernacle. He had labored and he had worked. And the end of the book of Exodus has Moses on the outside. And Moshe could not enter into the very tabernacle that he had created because it was full of the divine presence, which makes all of us wonder, was that ever a problem for Moses to enter into a space that was full of God? Apparently, Moses felt ashamed. Something about Moses said, I can't enter there. We don't know. The Torah doesn't tell us what it was. And so children in Cheder would be learning from their Rebbe, you know something, children? Sometimes, sometimes when someone is on the outside, you can command them to come in, but that usually won't work. God had to call out in a loving voice, Lashon chiba. God had to whisper. God had to, Endear, invite Moses to enter into the tabernacle. The children would learn then that when someone is on the outside, maybe we can't say, hey, come on in, but maybe we would speak to them in a special way and say, hey, there's a seat over here if you want it. The children would learn like my friend Graham Schweig down in Virginia when I went this past week to give a lecture at a university down there who told me that as a Jewish professor teaching world religions and specializing in Hinduism he told me that many of the students at his university are Christian fundamentalists, those who really believe in the inerrant word of scripture wonderful people but one particular student he told me was following him around trying to convert him. <laughs> and this went on for days, weeks. And there was a moment when the student cornered him in his, in his room and Professor Schweig was about to say to him, listen, I, I can call the You've got to get out. Like This is not going to work. And instead of saying that to him, he, he went inside and he said, can you tell me about your experience of Jesus? And the student said, well, no, I, can't. I don't want to talk about it. They said, no, no, if you don't tell me, then I'm going to have you kicked out. But I do want to talk to you, but I want to know what your experience is that interests me. And as he related to me and as we spoke about it, it became very clear that there was a shift in I, it, Object relations, right? The student who was an object who was annoying him and he who was an object that needed to be converted, all of a sudden, from a simple question, a simple endearing curiosity, not a command, not a demand, not an I, it, but from a, I'm really curious about your inner experience. So God doesn't command Moses to enter because every time we command we lose. To be commanded is important. Of course, there are moments in life when we have to say to somebody, hey, you better put that down or else, or you better get out of here or else, or there are commands, but it's always at a price. We always lose something when fear is involved and we make a command from someone instead of inviting a conversation that assumes I'm curious. Lashon chiba, the children learn on the first word, God says, hey, you're on the outside, you're in the last row, you're looking in, you don't feel like you know how to enter this place, and God says, how can I make this comfortable for you? I see that you're on the outside of something that you created, your life, your relationship, how do you enter? What question do I need to ask in order to engage in that entry? and then the little Aleph. Children would say, "Okay, great. What about that little Aleph? And the Rebbe would say to them from the Midrash that the word Vayikra, if it is read with the big letters first and then the small letter, can be read as two words, vikar or vayikar Aleph, which means, and happened to Aleph. And the Rabbis would teach the children, you know, when God wants to appear, to a prophet, he appears, she appears, it appears with a call. But if God is appearing as an accident, it would be vayikar. And the construction of that little word that could is vayikar. there are happenstances that beg us to see them as Aleph. To see the one, to see the God behind the mask of chance. So the little children would go home and say, you know, Ima, you know Abba, Mommy, Daddy. The most important book of the Bible is not Genesis. It's not Exodus. It's the centerpiece of the Torah, the, the, the place where spiritual technologies were happening. And I learned so much from one little word. I learned that even God has to use the right words in order to invite his good friend Moses to sit inside. And I also learned that life looks often like it's a pure chance moment accidents are happening but I'm invited to see the Aleph the little Aleph that could at the end of the of the seemingly coincidental and I want to offer this third my own to all of the children who are here tonight I'd like to invite you to think that maybe the difference between the Torah beginning with a bet in the beginning and now with the third book of of the Torah beginning with the Aleph at the end of the of the word not the beginning but the end of the word is to teach each and every one of us that no matter how far into our story we are you can always start again we teach the children from the moment they're little that we don't start in the beginning of the Torah. Because you're always going to be at the middle of something. You're going to be in the middle of a story and say, no, I can't change. Mm -mm. I'm already 50. I can't start from scratch. I'm already 60. I'm already 70. I'm already 80. No, 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 no. My best years were behind me in Breshit. In the beginning, everything was clear. And we come into the middle of the Torah and the Torah says, teach the children... Yavo ha-tehorim v'yilmedu taharim. It says, let the pure ones come and learn about purity. Let those who know what it is to start from Aleph every day. They start over and over and over. They start from A. They start from scratch. They keep renewing themselves like the very moon that will renew herself tonight and tomorrow morning and every year before Passover because the greatest heresy in our tradition is not worshiping an idol. But worshipping the past, worshipping the bet, where things were before. The greatest heresy is to believe that things can't change, that it's impossible, that you can't arrive at Vayikra and say, hmm, there's a little aleph here hidden. There's a new beginning in this place. That's what rabbis deal with every single day. That's what you deal with every single day. People coming and saying, It's too late. It's over, I regret, I can't start. The book of Vaikra, Torah Koanim, the teaching of the lovers is Vaikra. You can always start again. As sure as it will snow in the end of March. And as sure as it is that there are roses and other beautiful things unseen right now, but we know they're coming, we as a people and all of those who are strugglers and wrestlers and lovers of God say day in and day out, in order to be free, you must pass through the gate of doubt that says, what was is what will be. So. So tomorrow morning we will have new beginnings. Tomorrow morning we will have firsts. Right, Susan? We'll have firsts tomorrow morning as a private moment for us. We'll have firsts of many different kinds. But I ask you to remember the children who for many, many, many hundreds of years began their deep teachings about Torah, with a little question about how it is to speak and how it is to listen, to hear the little aleph that could